This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from Southern California. A little dreary today, a little bit of rain. Uh, I write a blog called May It Please the Court. And I write a blog called Law Sites and another blog called Media Law and Legal Blog Watch for Law.com. Well, Bob, while you were away this last week, we spoke with Monica Bay on the Legal Talk Network uh, Lawyer to Lawyer program. She's our resident legal tech guru, and she gave us some great insight from Legal Tech New York. And since you also attended it, it's your turn to tell us about what your experience was like walking the floors of Legal Tech. Well, I uh, had a great time. I was uh, the uh, lawyer to lawyer roving reporter at Legal Tech, uh, I was equipped with a small MP3 recorder called the Zoom H2, which uh, a little wonderful little device that uh, records stereo into MP3. And uh, walking around the floor uh, at the uh, convention hall and uh, walking around other parts of the show talking to people. Uh, so what we're going to do today, I think, is uh, play a few of those clips and let you hear a little bit of uh, some of the sounds, if not the sights, of Legal Tech New York. Well, why don't you describe some of the sights for us, Bob? Tell us what the crowd was like and the experience. Well, one of the things I, I said to several people, I, I, I've been going to Legal Tech for as long as I can remember, and this was really one of the most energetic Legal Techs I've felt in a while. Uh, of course, the, the main topic, as you might expect, is e-discovery, and, and that's what everybody was... Uh, I, I, I didn't do a survey, but a, a large number of the vendors uh, who were exhibiting there, a large number of the programs that were put on had to do with e-discovery. But a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, uh, and uh, uh, a lot going on. As a matter of fact, one of the people I first talked to when I got there is Henry Dicker, who uh, is the executive director of Legal Tech. Uh, and uh, if we can play this clip from Henry Dicker, he talks about just kind of the size and the scope of this year's Legal Tech. And uh, Henry, just give us a, an overview. How's Legal Tech looking this year? Well, we broke all records this year, Bob. We're about 30% above in our attendance over last year. We're going to probably end up with nearly 15,000 attendees. We have an incredible conference program that's being supplemented by, on super sessions on everything from search engine strategy to metadata mining. And it's just a very exciting event for us this year. The, the day opened up with a keynote with 1,100 people inside pouring out over the balconies. It was our best, best event ever. And how's the uh, attendance in the exhibitor hall looking? Attendance in the exhibitor hall, as always, you know, Legal Tech is one of those places where you just sort of, you need to maximize your feet and minimize your and minimize your loss of souls. So it's a, it's a great event, and I think everybody just is, is couldn't be happier with the turnout this year. All right. Thank you very much, Henry. So, Bob, who was the uh, anchor tenants, so to speak, at Legal Tech this year? Who were the big players? It's kind of hard to say exactly the uh, the uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Legal Tech, but the the New York Legal Tech now the the exhibit hall is is so large that it it, it spans three floors within the New York Hilton, and uh, of course as you come in the main entrance, uh, one of the uh, the very first booth that you hit happens to belong to uh, West Thompson and. Uh, they had uh, a large booth built out around a kind of a, a jungle safari theme, and, and they had some games that uh, visitors at the booth could play to, to win prizes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I talked to John Shaughnessy, who is a senior director of corporate communications for Thompson North American Legal, 
and uh, John uh, talks a little bit about about the booth and about what what Thompson West was showing at the show. So let's let's hear from John. What's what's big? What's new with uh, Thompson West here at the show? Well, I think it. It's a little tough to miss us this year, actually. If you walk in the uh, main doors on the showroom floor, you'll see this uh, this jungle theme. And uh, we've picked up on the jungle theme this year at the show um, and using that to uh, help support all of the different products and services that we're showing this year, and particularly um, for people who are interested on the litigation side, a whole new suite of litigation offerings, including... West Court Reporting Services, the new uh, Thompson Litigation Consulting Service, uh, along with the uh, traditional Westlaw research services that all work hand in glove to help support litigators in what they're trying to do. Very good. Thank you very much, John. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Well, and Bob, you had uh, certainly the big one, probably the big 800-pound gorilla with Thompson West at the uh, at the front door. But who coordinates this whole thing? Who puts on Legal Tech? Well, of course, so Legal Tech is coordinated by uh, ALM, formerly known as American Lawyer Media, and, and Law.com. And, uh, one of the people I spoke to uh, before I even ventured out onto the floor was Jill Winwer, who was the ALM vice president in charge of Law.com. And Jill uh, uh, had just announced a new product, uh, a, new, uh, a new web offering of Law.com that day. And so I had an opportunity to catch up with Jill and talk to her about that. So let's hear from Jill. Sure. We've launched a new website. We're working with the Courtroom View Network people, and we have a new product called Courtroom Live. So if you go to courtroomlive.com, you can learn all about it. What we do is we go into the courtrooms and actually do a live videotape of the proceedings, and these are available as a live stream. They're also available to download at the end of the day or even months or weeks later, and you can also get trials on uh, DVD. So we're very excited about this because it gives us access to a lot of information that we can stream. And go check it out at courtroomlive.com. Thank you very much, Jill. Good to talk to you. Well, now that you've got the sponsors and the uh, the big heavyweights bookmarked, let's get into some of the uh, regular everyday vendors and talk about uh, the kind of products you saw on the floor. Well, uh, you know, as you can hear, as I was, when I was talking to John, it was uh, pretty noisy and pretty lively out there. I, I uh, literally just kind of wandered around uh, on the exhibit hall floor and, and talked to some people. Uh, uh, as I was doing that, I, I ran into somebody I've known for a long time uh, who's been involved in the legal technology area for a long time, Gail O'Connor, uh, who is now the um, uh, manager for a company called Anacomp, which has a product called Case Logistics. And uh, so I asked Gail to tell us a little bit about what was new with Case Logistics. And I'm here at uh, Anacom's Case Logistics booth, and today we're announcing that Case Logistics is now available on the web, so we have a fully supported, hosted version using Anacom's secure Dock Harbor platform, which is something we've never had before, so we're one of the only litigation support software companies out there that's available on the desktop, on demand, or on the web, all three ways. That's great. And what? tell me a little bit more about Case Logistics. What makes it uh, different from some of the others? Well, I think one of the, the struggles that people out there have with litigation support software is how difficult it is to use and the fact that they can't customize it themselves, that, that they've got to rely on the vendors to make it look the way they want it. With Case Logistics, it's completely customizable by the person using it. So anyone using it can customize their desktop to look exactly like they want it 
Plus, it looks just like Microsoft Outlook. Not that I want to steal somebody else's trade name, but it does have the same look and feel as Microsoft Outlook. So it's extremely easy to use. So it's a familiar interface. A familiar interface. A partner who hardly ever uses litigation support software doesn't have to go through four days of training to be able to jump on and pull up a couple documents where someone's name is mentioned. He can get on once a week and remember how to use it because it's so easy. All right, Gail. Well, thank you very much Appreciate for talking it. to us. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Well, that's a really interesting program. Uh, it's one of my favorite case uh, management programs and uh, trial techniques programs. I think it's a great deal. And they're based down your way, Craig. They're in San Diego. I know that. Yeah, they're not far from us. And now that it's on the web, that's going to be that much better. So tell me more about uh, who you ran into next. Well, another person, uh, the next person I spoke to, a guy named Buddy Accioni, who's the director of sales for a company called Nexidia. And uh, they're based in Atlanta, Georgia. And what they do essentially is take stored audio uh, and make it searchable. This is something that uh, any podcaster would love to have. But of course, they're using it more in the e-discovery space. Uh, so let's hear uh, from Buddy Accioni. And what? tell me a little bit about Nexidia. Nexidia takes uh, stored audio files and makes them searchable at very high speeds with great scalability and accuracy. And it's used in, the, uh, in this segment to parse through large amounts of audio files to find out what's discoverable and relevant for production. Does it incorporate some kind of voice recognition? or how Yes, does it... we use a core phonetic engine. Uh, we do not use a dictionary, so we're dictionary independent. And we uh, actually are searching against the phonemes, which are the smallest units of human speech. And then it creates a, a text uh, transcript or something of the sound? Yeah. Is that so, what it does? So we take the audio, uh, we run it up against our engine and create a phonetic audio track. It's a patented file that we've created, and that file is then searchable by the user. You're here because of the use of that in e-discovery uh, format? Or? As, as you probably know, the federal rules of uh, discovery changed a little more than a year ago to include audio in electronic sure. stored information. And uh, we serve that that, uh, that need here by, by searching audio. All right. Well, thank you very much yeah, for talking pleasure. to us. Well, Bob, that almost sounds like it's a program a little bit before it's time for legal e-discovery because there's you know maybe call center traffic ana analysis or some other things, but there's not a whole lot of uh, documents or, or or things that are stored in uh, audio files. What do you think about that? Well, I wonder about that. I, I, one thing I was thinking about is that certainly in the corporate environment, uh, when uh, you know uh, investor conference calls are done or something like that, uh, or, or uh, uh, web conferences are conducted, a lot of those are being stored in, in audio format. Uh, and I, I suppose one thing this does is, is uh, avoid the necessity of creating a, a text transcript of that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not uh, I'm not sure just how widely applicable that is. But I can I can certainly imagine it becoming more so. Definitely, and it's nice to be in the beginning of that market. Well, you also ran into somebody who's near and dear to every litigator's heart, uh, the calculation of dates. That's right. Uh, Joe Scott, uh, who, of course, is a lawyer and vice president uh, and general manager of CompuLaw, which is uh, uh, a, a calendaring program, uh, legal calendaring software. Uh, CompuLaw also makes Deadlines on Demand, which is a, a web-based, uh, similar product, but web-based and, and for smaller firm lawyers. And so uh, I talked to Joe a little bit about what's new with both CompuLaw and Deadlines on Demand. Joe, uh, tell us what's new with CompuLaw here at Legal Tech. Great, thank you. Well, one of the exciting things we're showing at this trade show for the first time is a feature on our service called How Was This Date Calculator? And it really is as simple as the title, because a lot of our users question 
how they calculated a date and how we came up with a date. So we've added this graphical feature that literally walks them through each step of how we calculated a deadline and we show them on the screen. It's uh, been very well received already, the people that have seen it, because again, a lot of our questions are just how did you calculate that particular deadline. So it's kind of the so reassurance it. factor. It, it lets the lawyer know how you came up with the date. Right, because oftentimes there's questions between how they would calculate it and how we did it, right. and this shows them exactly how we calculate it and gives them the, the statute and the method of calculating it for them. Very good. And uh, how about deadlines on demand? Is there anything, uh, what's going on with deadlines on demand? Deadlines on demand, a uh, couple of exciting things there. One is we just passed the 50,000 registered user mark. Very exciting for us. The other exciting thing is we got a couple more patents on some services that we have. One of them is a change notification service. There are dozens in some states and hundreds in other states changes every year on how dates are calculated, and we automatically notify them if there was a change in the rules that affected any of the deadlines they previously calculated. And we got a patent on that capability. So any of our users that have run their search on our service will be sent an email saying the rules changed and it affects your deadlines. You need to recalculate. Uh, any new jurisdictions? We are regularly adding depth of coverage in, in the jurisdictions across the country. Do you have all 50 states? We have all 50 states, but on some of the individual counties within the states, we don't have full coverage yet, but we're adding regularly additional counties and additional local rules. Okay. And where can our listeners find out more about CompuLaw and Deadlines on Demand? Uh, CompuLaw.com and Deadlines.com. All right. Thank you very much, Joe Scott. Thank you. And Bob, you also ran into another comparatively small startup that uh, is going to take on the two big heavyweight contenders in legal research. Uh, well, that's right. Uh, I talked to Chris Corson, who is chief technology officer for a company called U.S. Common Law, which is offering a new legal research service. Uh, its claim to fame is kind of flat price, a, a monthly subscription fee and initial enrollment fee. So let's hear from Chris Corson about U.S. Common Law. Well, U.S. Common Law really takes the integration points of research and integrating both all your data needs, whether it's going to future, it's going to talk to all the courts, it's going to talk to your case management system, and ultimately we're actually going to have multinational data. So if you have a case that's linking like European cases, like some of our cases do, you'll be able to link into those European cases also. So it's talking about integrating all the court cases of all different nations together down to your own case management system and down to your own word processors. And why would somebody use this as opposed to one of the more established or traditional legal research tools? Well, one is ease of use, second of all cost, third is, is that we're going to be able to integrate all the touch points so that you can just maneuver or, or place the data, whether it's down on your own file system or case management system or to the courts. You know, pu publish your own stuff up to the courts, through the PACER systems or whatever your court has. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris Carson. Thank you. And once you've got it all researched and written up, you've got to send it somewhere, That's right, right. Bob? Let me just back up for a second because I just wanted to to mention along those lines that I, I, I hope we might do a show on this at some point. I just had on my blog yesterday a post about, uh, well, this week several new research services were launched that I think are going to give U.S. Uh, common law some problems, one of which is that Fastcase uh, unveiled an entirely free uh, research library. They're calling the public library of law that goes back to uh, 1950 for federal cases and the last 10 years of all state cases entirely free. So there's a lot happening in that space right now that uh, it may be worth us talking about at another time. But but yeah, I, I uh, was talking to a guy uh, whose company was called Waltz Postal Solutions, and uh, uh, his name is Tyler Waltz. He's the founder of the company. And uh, I, I'll tell you that uh, when I first uh, started to interview him, I, I 
wasn't expecting much. And the more I heard from him, the more I thought this is a really useful idea for law firms. So let's hear from Tyler Waltz. Here's what it is, very low-tech solution. This is a certified mail form that we sell you, and what it does is you you enter your data directly from your Word document, and you paste it into a web browser. When you paste it into that web browser, you put this form through the printer, and it fills out everything for you, so it completely automates the certified mail process. But even better, because you entered it through our web browser, we actually push data up to the United States Postal Service website, so you can actually track every piece of certified mail you're sending and see automated return receipt signatures on the fly. We can even generate emails if you have a a document that you need to know that it got received or denied. And so the way we do business is we send you the forms, you try them, if it has value, you buy more from us. That's it. Very interesting. Is this this something that resides on on the desktop or this is a... It's it's all through the web browser. So we're we're selling the service for 55 cents and it includes the form and then the web tracking through the browser. But IT loves it because there's no overhead there. And administrative assistants love it because you can imagine filling these things out by hand. Right. Is it legible? Is it accurate? Did you remember to write the matter number? We even add little things like we have an oversized label. So if you have an oversized envelope, it's already generated for you. If you want to charge back to the client, we generate this section of the form that they can just send off to accounting. And Very good. That's my. I'm pitch. glad I stopped. <laughs> Great idea. Well, let's uh, let's get to one of my favorite products, WordPerfect. Well, it is it is of course the the great debate in the legal profession, Word versus WordPerfect. And uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Cynthia Howard, who's the uh, Corel product manager in charge of WordPerfect. You know, before we hear from her, we need to get her on the show, and we need to get somebody from Microsoft on the show, and let's do that Word WordPerfect battle. That would be good. So let's hear from Cynthia Howard. Hi there. I wanted to let you know about WordPerfect Office X3 and the ability to open Microsoft Words and save out as Microsoft improved greatly over previous versions. We also have built-in support for PDF, so you don't have to buy Adobe, and we save without metadata, all built-in. Also this year, we have a special price for Bar Association members of $99. Give us a call, and we'll help you out today. So for as long as I've been writing about uh, legal technology, lawyers have been debating the great question of Word versus WordPerfect, and the debate continues. Why should it be WordPerfect? Well, I think WordPerfect brings exceptional tools to the legal environment. And I've seen users for years tell me how strong the tool is. And now that we can also interface with Word and Excel and PowerPoint, it makes it even a better case for me. All right. Well, I know you have a lot of people who are impossible to ever convert. So they will, <laughs> uh, a lot of fans within the legal community. So thank you very much, Cynthia Howard. Thank you. And talk about, uh, Bob, talk about the, the battle there. Tell us about the Wave. The Wave is uh, uh, Wave software. Uh, I talked to the president of the company, Robert Childress, uh, and uh, they have uh, any discovery tool for processing, basically for processing Outlook PST files. Uh, let's hear Robert Childress. Robert, tell us briefly about Wave. Uh, Wave software has a product called Triton that's actually a, a PST native uh, NSF e-file native processing tool. <laughs> Which and only a lawyer could love a description yeah, yeah. like that. And uh, we process about one gig in under 10 minutes, and it's fully native. So it's Outlook PST in and Outlook PSTs out. Uh, you can point it at about a 20 gig set of data and call that down to a one gig set of data in about a couple of hours. So, is this uh, an enterprise level? I mean, who would be using this? Is this? Well, most of our clients, uh, we have some pretty high end consulting firms around the globe because our product is also handles foreign language. Oh. Um, so, what we see is the law firms typically have one or two seats 
because you can get in in our software at a, at a reasonable price. Um, and then we have the service bureaus around the country who use us to do processing for the firms. And then we have consultants like uh, the top five uh, who process terabytes of data through Trident on a monthly basis. So it's, the cost of Trident can vary from a small firm to a large consultant. Okay. And uh, where could our listeners find out more about this? Do you have a website? Uh, yes, we do. It's actually uh, www.discoverthewave.com. And uh, there you can find all sorts of information about Trident. You can actually download our free uh, product called Snapshot, which is actually available as well. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Bob, after this whirlwind tour of the floor of uh, legal tech in New York, I feel like it's time to take a break and have a cup of coffee. That's right. We need to sit down and rest for a few minutes. Talk to you after the break. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. If you have a comment or question, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi and uh, Craig Williams, uh, my co-host, and I are talking about uh, last week's legal tech and some of uh, what what I was able to see there. And Bob, you've been doing a great job giving us a, a, a real tour of the show, but let's get back to it and uh, get back to one of the newest offerings from ALM. Well, it, actually, in, in a way, it's one of the oldest. Uh, MA3000 is a product that uh, if, you, if you don't practice in New York, you've never heard of it. Uh, if you do practice in New York, uh, you're, you can't live without it. Uh, and uh, it's one of the products that they've had for a long time. Uh, but now, uh, as Richard Greenspan, the product manager, tells me in this uh, brief interview, they're rolling it out to a national level. So uh, this is something to watch for. Let's hear from Richard Greenspan. Okay, well, MA3000 is a docketing and calendaring application used by managing attorney's office in um, firms in New York, which are usually the larger firms. Um, it's a client-server application. Usually clerks enter the docket and diary information. What's new is that we've created a web uh, interface for attorneys. Now the attorneys can see their, um, their calendar items on a web-based calendar. Um, 
What else is new is that we're extending our services, our calendar out to all the jurisdictions in the country. We're going to soon have uh, email alerts that can be uh, keyed to all the federal cases. So if you have a case that you've entered into our system, email alerts will go out every day on whatever new events have occurred in That's great. Yeah, I guess I'm old school enough that I thought of MA3000 as a New York-specific product. But when is this rollout to other states? Has it already happened, or when has it happened? Well, it's it's happened for the New York-based federal courts already, and we're expanding our our database so that we can handle uh, anything that has been electronically filed in all the federal courts. And I I expect that within the next 30 to 60 days, we'll be in a position where um, we can support that, that feature. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay. Thank you. Well, now that you've got the tour from uh, ALM and this program that's going to be off to the races for the rest of us, let's hear from uh, John Shin. Right. John Shin is the product manager for Courtroom Live, and we heard earlier from Jill about that. But uh, Courtroom Live is as, as, uh, well, let's hear it from John Shin, and I can maybe then comment on it. John, tell us a little bit about Courtroom Live. Courtroom Live goes out and webcasts trials on a real-time basis uh, for the legal uh, community. Uh, We webcast trials for the purpose of providing lawyers and other legal professionals uh, a real-time view, uh, a video of the trial, as well as uh, archiving these trials, uh, so in developing a a massive database of material. Uh, Once we have uh, these trials archived on our servers, we add metadata uh, to the video so that lawyers can search by... uh, by categories of the trials, for instance, uh, product liability. Within product liability, it might be pharmaceutical. Within pharmaceutical, it might be COX-2B inhibitors and so forth. They can also search by attorney uh, names, by judges' names, by courthouses, and probably most importantly, from my experience, uh, expert witnesses. Right now, uh, if they're looking for uh, expert witness information, they might get reams of... uh, uh, CVs and articles published by that expert witness, but with video they can really see how this expert witness plays to the jury uh, and to the court. It's a little bit like a transcript search on steroids. It gives you not just the words, but the visuals of what was taking place at the trial. Yeah, a- absolutely. And also, we also capture uh, all the exhibits that are presented during the trial uh, by the lawyer that's shown to the uh, jurors, so that associated with the trial video, we'll have folders of all the exhibits that were presented. So as a lawyer, instead of having to go to the courthouse to request copies of all the exhibits, you can just get them right there and, and download it onto your, uh, onto your desktop. How, you tell our listeners where they can find out more about this. Uh, they can find more on courtroomlive.com. Uh, the service was launched, the website was launched literally during Legal Tech, uh, so uh, they can browse to see what type of trials that we already have in our archive, and they can also suggest what trials they, they would like to see down the road. All right, John Shin, thank you very much for your sure. time. And you get the opportunity to visit with a former uh, guest of our show, Lawyer to Lawyer, uh, Ross Codner. Yeah, I was just walking around the exhibit hall and I uh, ran into Ross Codner and took the opportunity to interview him and asked what he was uh, seeing at the show. Uh, Ross, uh, what has uh, been of interest to you here at Legal Tech? Well, Bob, good to talk to you. And, and what, what I've seen surprised me. Uh, what I expected to find most interesting here is not at all what ended up exciting me. I ended up finding myself yesterday in the first day of Legal Tech spending the entire day in the Microsoft Super Sessions utterly captivated by what they're doing with SharePoint. And I think like many people, we've all been wondering, what the hell is SharePoint? 
the, the discussions have been vague. The descriptions have been unclear as to what, what purpose it's supposed to serve, whether it's a document management system. Well, not really. Yesterday, it all became incredibly clear. What SharePoint is, and I blogged about this at, at Ross Ipsilopiter last night, is everything. It interconnects everything. And what it's focused on is, is not just building an electronic case file, but really something that I, uh, and I came up with a, a phrase last night that just popped into my head. It's like taking a social networking concept and bringing it inside of a firm. And so instead of my space, it's like my practice space. And I called it intra-social networking. And what it focuses on is shifting the practice management mo- model from being matter-centric and everything being focused on the matter to decentralizing that concept and focusing on the people who are working on the matters first and foremost. Matters come second. People come first. And the whole idea is what resources does a lawyer need to have available when they get in the office in the morning in terms of seeing what matters that they're working on, the billing on those matters, the people that they've delegated work to, uh, all of the contacts both in the firm and outside of the firm based on the matters that they've currently worked on. This actually is the way that real lawyers think. And practice management systems so far uh, just haven't tapped into that. Everybody's focused about an electronic version of a paper file. Nobody's focused on what does a lawyer really need to look at during the day, and I saw that yesterday. Well, that's great. I, I, unfortunately, we have only a few seconds to talk to you today, but maybe we can get you back on sometime to talk more about this. This is, sounds really interesting. Well, I'd, I'd like to hear to. more about I'd it. I'm happy to. I think there's really something here, and I think SharePoint is finally starting to unveil itself, and I think people are going to be stunned uh, at it being a, a truly revolutionary change to the way we connect yeah, our files together. That's great. Well, thanks a lot, Ross Gardner. Well, that's a really interesting observation because I think he's got it a little bit backwards. Uh, SharePoint is not internal. It's ex- it's both internal and external. The really cool part about it is it's free. It's already in uh, most Microsoft products. And when we get Ross on, we'll have to get him on with one of uh, my clients who uses SharePoint. Uh, it's a phenomenal program that's uh, amazingly easy to use. Well, the the, uh, the next person I, I spoke to, just by coincidence, happened to have a, a, a product that uh, focuses on integrating SharePoint in law firm environment. Uh, this is uh, Robert Sacconi, who's president and CEO of a company called XM Law out of Massachusetts. Let's hear from him. Rob, give us a quick overview of what XM Law is about. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a techie name, but um, our, our focus is on in one specific area. It's delivering SharePoint-based technology to law firms. We work with um, with mid to large size law firms uh, in the U.S., Canada, Australia, um, and in the U.K. And SharePoint is Microsoft's kind of flagship product at this point, uh, designed to give search and and, um, and portal capabilities to bring information together from multiple places into one web-based view. So we adapt SharePoint to the way law firms use information, the systems that they invest in, like document management, practice management systems, um, and that list of systems grows and grows every day, which makes it difficult to find information on particular topics or clients or matters um, or within your practice area and so on. So our goal is to use SharePoint as a platform we partner with Microsoft you know, to, uh, to build down. our technology and deliver all that information in one single view, one web-based desktop that takes information and filters it based on who you are, what you do, what type of law you practice, what position you are, if you're a partner or an associate or a secretary. You'll see a very different view going to the same place to see your information. So it's really centered around each individual. Instead of having to flip through multiple applications to get at the content that you need, the information that you need. Well, I've been hearing a lot about SharePoint here at, at Legal Tech, uh, and a lot of people seem to be excited about the potential. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about uh, XM Law? Well, you can visit our website at xmlaw.net. 
um, Microsoft is pushing SharePoint very hard internally and externally. Um, it's one of their fastest, or is their fastest growing server product in their history. Um, hundreds of millions of seats of their latest 2007 version in use throughout the world across industries. Um, our website explains our products, our services, and our solutions, and talks about our clients and how they've done SharePoint as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Yeah, thank you. And you also got the opportunity to talk to somebody from TrialNet, Bob. That's right. Of course, TrialNet is a, a, a longstanding uh, kind of an extranet uh, provider for uh, linking up uh, in-house counsel and their outside lawyers. But uh, we talked to Deborah Weaver, who's the vice president of uh, marketing and sales for the company, and she talked about something new they're doing. Uh, well, TrialNet, we've been in business since 1996. We do collaboration, matter management, and electronic billing. We market to the corporate legal departments. But what's really exciting for us now is we're actually rolling out a new Vendor Connect program where we actually go out and vet other outside vendors for our clients, such as court reporters and photocopying services and things like that. And we send the RFPs, get best available rates for them, and they send their invoices through our system and it audits uh, against uh, the rules set for those particular vendors to make sure that they are actually um, giving the cost that they quoted. So, for instance, we caught over $6,800 worth of fees, for appearance fees for depositions that were charged to one of our clients that would, shouldn't have been charged. So, so it's um, really been an amazing an exciting arm that we've added to the e-billing process. Oh, that's interesting. Now, who, who are your target clients? What size firm do you it's tend to work It's corporate legal departments, and corporate it's any size. Any whatever, size. Uh, they, most corporate legal departments, or every, actually every corporate legal department, is really crunched now with trying to reduce their legal spend. Um, and they're having a very difficult time trying to figure out how to do that. So that, that's where we come in, and we actually act as a consultant for them and help them reduce their legal spend in, in a lot of ways, not just with the attorney invoices, but with other outside vendor invoices. So. And if our listeners would like to find out more about you, do you have a website that we can point them to? Yes, they go to trialnet.com. Um, and it gets all information about our system and, and uh, the people who run the company and own the company. So, um, again, that's the trialnet.com. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you. It. And then you had the opportunity to talk to NQ. Well, yeah, it was, uh, again, it was kind of funny because she was she was talking about uh, helping to save clients money, and that's kind of what NQ does. It's a, it's a company that focuses on cost recovery. Uh, and I talked to John Gilbert, who is the vice president of sales and marketing for that company based in Manhattan, not New York, but Manhattan, Illinois. Well, NQ has two important things. We did a press release uh, with our AccuRoute integration where we don't build the integration, we don't build the scanning software, but we help it integrate better, make the rollout easier. Um, we also are helping many firms go green, so instead of uh, having to do a terminal attached to a copier for cost recovery, uh, we embed directly into those copiers. And give us the overview uh, of what NQ is all about. Well, NQ, again, is cost recovery and scanning. And it, what we do is we, if we're cost recovery, we help find ways to improve costs, receive more costs, and to uh, manage expenses better. We also do embedded technology in all of the uh, major copier brands, Xerox, Canon, Sharp, Ricoh. And as far as scanning is concerned, we just help 
firms roll out scanning projects much easier. All right. And who's your ideal uh, customer? What do you work with a particular size law uh, firm? Certainly, or top the board? 100 firms, top 250, the national uh, list of 250 firms, and down to about we grant about 30 attorneys is a good fit for us. All right. And if our uh, listeners would like to find out more about your company, where could they do that? Is there a website you yes. can point them to? NQ. That's spelled N Q U E U E dot com. All right. Well, very good. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Okay. And I think we've got uh, just about two more interviews that you've done. You talked to somebody from uh, the Masters Conference that's uh, kind of a somewhat of a smaller version of Legal Tech. Uh, that's right. It's a, it's You'll hear uh, Lindsay Couch, who I talked to. She's a, a lawyer and the executive director of the Masters Conference, and she describes it as a, a niche conference in the area of e-discovery. So let's hear from her. Hi, yes. The Master's Conference is a fairly new conference that's specifically um, presented to be a niche conference, a place where people can go and not feel like they're uh, in a huge crowd, um, where vendors and speakers and attendees can really collaborate um, and talk about e-discovery on a forum that's meant to be small and boutique. We keep it to 300 minimum, um, and the topics vary from anything from the new federal rules to things that corporations should know, um, and it's held in the Ronald Reagan uh, Center in D.C., and if our listeners wanted to find out more about this, is there a website they can go to, or where would they find out more? Absolutely. They can go to www.themastersconference.com, and they can find all the information they need to know. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, Bob, the one thing that uh, you talked about in the very beginning uh, that was kind of the dominating force of the conference of Legal Tech was electronic discovery. Right. And uh, I talked to uh, uh, Stephen Stewart, who's a directory of e-discovery services for a company called RVM Incorporated, uh, which overall focuses on sort of document management and data management. And let's hear from Stephen Stewart. Uh, basically, we're highlighting the, the end-to-end services offering from basically getting out in front of organizations that are anticipating litigation to help them align their technology and services processes all the way through the e-data processing, the discovery, the collection, to hosting. You know, in today's marketplace, organizations are looking for one person to handle their data from end-to-end. You know, they don't want to send it to one council and move it to another council from one vendor to another. They're looking for one reliable source that they can go to that will help them from getting their organization litigation ready all the way through to responding to specific discovery requests and producing that data to TIFF. And are you working, are your clients primarily uh, law firms, in-house legal departments? Who are you working with? Actually, uh, run the gamut from in-house or from law firms to corporations. You know, what we're seeing is a shift with the increasing cost of electronic discovery. Many of the largest serially litigated companies, your city groups, your financials, your insurance companies, are looking for a vendor to basically provide those same services that they've relied on outside counsel. And if our listeners want to find out more about your company, is there a website you could direct them to? Absolutely. Uh, They can go to www.rvminc.com. All right. Well, thank you very much. Sure. Well, Bob, I got to tell you that uh, my feet are tired, my trinket bag is full, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I've got enough pens and uh, paper post-its and squeezy things and, uh, you know, what is the goofiest gadget trinket that you saw at the show? I'm very sorry that actually I didn't see it, and I actually read about it after I left. One of the the vendors apparently was giving away little remote control uh, helicopters, and somehow I missed those entirely, so I'm really disappointed, and my my son is disappointed as well. Well, I'll tell you what, when... uh, Legal Tech comes out to Los Angeles in June. I'll pick up one for you. You I'll do that. And you know, I have to say that this was this this little tour was uh, somewhat random and and fairly brief, but really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I'm so sorry that I didn't get have more time to go around and talk to so many more people. There were even others that I had uh, had scheduled time to talk with that uh, it just never worked out. So. 
you know, I, I certainly encourage our listeners, if, if there's a, a legal tech coming to their area, to uh, make sure to get there. And I think L.A. is probably next. Is that right? That's the one in June. Yeah. Well, Bob, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer show, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, Craig, good talking to you as always, and talk to you next week. Thanks for the tour. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and Jake Craig Williams. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.